Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Holly as a party. And I'm Jordana Levine. Hello, my darling. How Hello. have you been this week? Yeah, I've been good. I mean, wasn't this week you were still here? Were you here? Yeah. Yeah, beginning- I left on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> I stayed the night at your house on Monday night. I know. My house has actually turned into the sleepover house. Really? Should we tell the listeners a little bit about what happened? Okay, let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. I think I think it's a good story. I mean, yeah. Okay, you start. Okay. <laughs> So basically, while my recommendation last week was for staying at the Atlantic in Byron Bay, which I stand by, for the second half of my stay, I actually stayed in an Airbnb, Genoa and I. Nothing sus there, by the way, friends. I just want to clear the air with that, actually, yeah, because I feel, like, I feel like a lot of the time when a woman and a man is in a close connection, it's just assumed that they are romantically involved. Mm. And that is absolutely not the case. We are tight as, but... Yeah, we can share an Airbnb together and sleep in different rooms. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? So we transitioned into this Airbnb that we were going to run our workshop from on Sunday. And it felt fine and it was beautiful. The first night I had hours and hours and hours of what I like to call entity attachments. (laughs) Basically, we were staying in a haunted house, George. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. You're telling the <laughs> listeners because I came over and guys, it was definitely haunted. First oh. night, Holly couldn't sleep. So when I came over for their workshop in the morning, oh yeah, in the morning, yeah. walked into the house, it was super weird vibe, except in the lounge room where you held the workshop. Right. It was amazing. The lounge room was fine. But in the room that Holly slept, it it was definitely haunted. So we did a clearing. We did a clearing. Mm-hmm. We kind of worked out where it was coming from, but didn't know why. We saged the shit out of it. It was fucked up. It was so not okay. <laughs> then we opened all the windows, closed the doors. Like We're like, get out. I was like, I'm sleeping on the couch tonight. I don't care. I'm not going back in that yeah. room. So neck night. <laughs> neck night. I'm asleep <laughs> on the couch having a fine sleep. I wake up randomly at like 2.30 in the morning and something's telling me to go and wake Genoa up. And I'm like, don't be ridiculous, Holly. Like, he's fine. He's a grown man. He's totally okay. Let him sleep. Okay. So I'm just lying on the couch, like wide awake for ages. And then finally morning comes and Genoa comes out of his room and he's like, there's something in my room. He had the exact same experience where it's like this pressure on his chest and he just like, he was trying to call out to me at the same time that I was awake, but he couldn't even get the words out, George. It was like this sleep paralysis like, and he's never, bless him, he's never had an experience like this before. No, (laughs) he's not like a ghost man. He doesn't talk about ghosts and see ghosts all the time. Like this was a very new surreal experience for Janoa. Anyway, long story short. They couldn't stay another night in that house. So everyone slept in my studio. <laughs> I slept in the 
in George's bed and yeah. Janelle was sitting on the couch and we were just like having a sleepover because we were too scared to stay in the Airbnb anymore. Yeah, it was, it was really full on. But the full reason on. I wanted to talk to you about this whole is because last night Zoe came over at 11 o'clock at night to sleep on the couch because she couldn't sleep in her house. No. Yeah, and I was, yeah, and I was oh like... God. This house has become the safe haven from the demons of Byron Bay. What the fuck is going on up here? It's so beautiful though, Jord, because it is. You step foot into your studio and yeah. you're like, oh, I am so safe. I'm so safe here. Yeah. No, I'm like, just please don't bring your entities into my home. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. It's fine. I sage this place every day. Um, no, but it was funny. That was a funny week. I miss you guys. It was really cool having a Byron gang up here. Oh, my God. We were, we like, we were like a gang. A crew. We, were, we were really cool. We were like a posse, yeah. I would say. We were super cool. Um, yeah. Is it cool when you say that you're cool? I think it's less cool when you say you're cool. But it's cool to be uncool, right? Right. I, I, I actually have no idea. <laughs> but what else has I been happening? Because no obviously um, it's on Tuesday. It's been a, a week, right? Yeah, it's been a week. I'm in my final week. I'm in my final days, actually, of time with my love, who is leaving me oh. on Monday to move to New York. Um, and I'm, I don't know what I am. I'm still super happy and proud and excited for him. And I'm also feeling a lot of sadness and preemptive loss. And I don't want to say heartbreak because my, my heart will not break through this because there's no like, it's such a weird thing. It's like, I've never had a relationship end where everything's great. Like it's just yes. a weird thing. Yeah, I, I am at peace with it, but I just um, I've been thinking about next week a lot, and I really think I'm just gonna have to retreat a little bit and yes. just really honor everything I'm feeling because I don't want to suppress anything and I don't want to hide from anything. So I think I might just get a bit quiet on social for a bit. Good. And just really kind of honor anything that's coming up so I can really have some beautiful closure around it all. I think that's bang on, girl. I think you're really brave as well to have continued with this knowing that there was an end date. Mm. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't have opened their heart because there is that impending, you know, okay, we're saying goodbye. So I just feel like I just want to say that to you. Like you, both of you have been super brave in this mm. and really put your hearts on the line. So I know all of the listeners will be thinking of you and sending all of the love to you both. Thanks, um, guys. And I had the pleasure of meeting him mm. as well. And he's just the most, George is like, it'd be great if you didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me easier. And I'm like, I, I really know. Holly's like, I love yeah. him. I love no! him. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't moving. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we are. It's all good. It's fine. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. How, and you, how's your week been? Integration land back in right. Sydney. How so I landed that? back in Sydney on Tuesday night and I walked into the house and I know I'm not often dramatic, but I walked. So not like you. It's not like me at all. But I walked into the, walked in the house and the dogs ran to me and Trent was standing there and I just like burst into tears and just mm. could not stop crying for ages because it really was the first time that I'd fully landed back into reality um and it's interesting because 
it's happening more and more when I fly back into Sydney that Sydney is not home mm-hmm. and it's almost like, okay, where to next? And Byron is home. So I had that very obvious shift in mentality when I got home to our house and I'm like, this is my home in terms of my family, but where I'm located isn't. Uh, so that's been totally highlighted through integration. But yeah. I guess the other thing is uh, when this goes to air, I will actually be up in the air. Funny that. Uh, So I am traveling to the UK for a wedding and then going and doing a bit of a Europe trip. And so I've really only had four days in Sydney to get on top of all of the business stuff that's been downloading to me through Vipassana and through my week in Byron last week and just getting on top of life admin before jetting off. And so I really haven't had any space to breathe, to be honest. It's so interesting how this has all played out because I feel like you didn't plan this, right? No, I didn't. So the wedding was always going to be on the 4th of July and then and that, that's been in the background for ages and then Vipassana just so happened to be the dates that it was in June and then the event that I was speaking at in Byron was obviously off the back of that. We just aligned like I'm not meant to sit in the process of things until after my holiday because that's what this trip is going to be. It's actually going to be, I mean, I say holiday, I'm still going to be doing podcasts, I'm still going to be working, but it's a trip with my husband and I haven't travelled with him a lot and we've got our friends in Ibiza and it's like I need that downtime before I come back in August and go, Mm. okay, new way of doing life. I've got all of that out of the way, let's go. So tell me, I mean... You and Trent have been together for 11 years, yeah, right? Yeah, 11 and, you and a half years. And you haven't travelled much together? Oh, look, no, we have travelled together, um, but we also do a lot of travel separate. So mm. um, the last trip Trent and I did was with his family at the beginning of this year. His dad took us all to Vietnam for New Year's, which was just such a treat. And then the trip we had before that was our honeymoon, which was last April, which was also in Vietnam. Like, that was totally unplanned by the way. Yeah. Wow. Totally random. Within a year I'd been to Vietnam twice. (laughs) And then the only other big trip Tran and I have done is when we got engaged. So we did two months around Europe. We got engaged in the Cinque Terre uh, and that was a a couple of years ago. So we're big travelers and love to travel. I've been to the States. I've been to Europe a couple of times, but they've been with girlfriends. Mm. And then this year I've been to, you know, Thailand and Bali and they've been work. So Travel is huge in both of our lives and it's such a treat when we get to travel together. But also like Trent's going to Japan at the end of this year with his brother. So, and I feel like that's a big thing when it comes to a relationship is being able to do those sorts of things with each other, but also without each other. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. So we are jetting off right as you listen to this. (laughs) Yeah, amazing. So your your flight's on Monday. Our flight's on Sunday, so oh. I'm assuming the way that the flight, like it's 24-hour, 27-hour transit or something. So yeah. I don't even know uh, how that We are so far away from everything. Right. Are you a good flyer? Such a good question. I never used to be okay. up until last year when I did a lot of work on surrender mm. and releasing control. <laughs> it's so fucking typical, right? Because That's it, though. It's surrender. It. It's like if this plane crashes, I'm okay with it. Right? And yeah. it's also a trust piece. Like I tell myself now, like trust in the fucking pilot. Like 
they don't want to crash the plane. They don't either. want to kill all these people. Really? <laughs> yeah. I speak to pilots now. Like I actively seek out pilots. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, so tell me about turbulence. And my girlfriend, Jess, who I bring up basically every episode now, she actually works in aviation for the oh. airport and like she's has a background in flying. And she said to me time and time again, because turbulence used to be my thing. Like anytime mm. the plane shook, I'm like, <gasps> like anytime I'd be like, what the fuck? This is not comfortable. And she's like, oh, hold. I'm going to ruin this for a lot of people, but she's like, oh, hold. turbulence, you do not have to worry about. A plane has never crashed from turbulence. It's Planes are built for turbulence. And then she goes, it's the landing you need to worry about. And so now every time a plane lands, I'm like, fuck me. Like, are we good? Like, Yeah, but I feel like I would rather crash the landing because we're already on the ground. So true. Than like be in danger hundreds of thousands of feet in the air. That's actually a very valid point. That's going to give me a little bit of relaxation. So now I'm okay. Like turbulence will come and it's my opportunity to practice surrender and trust. And that doesn't mean that it's comfortable, but it's like a metaphor for life. There are moments of discomfort, (laughs) right? This is what I have to tell myself. I'm sitting in a moment of discomfort right now. I'm not in control. I have to soften in this. There's nothing I can do. Release Mm. grip. How about you? you uh, Yeah, like I used to be really good. And then after September 11, I was really bad. Okay. Um, And not because I thought there would be terrorists on my plane. I guess I just had never, ever thought about planes crashing into buildings before. It was just never a thought in my head. Totally. I've also got this sick, sick game. Well, it's not a game, but like I love watching air crash investigation shows. Oh, no, you cannot. I know. I don't know why. Anyway, so I have been a nervous flyer. But for me, um, I can handle turbulence. I can breathe through it. I meditate a lot when I'm flying. You know what gets me more than anything? It's claustrophobia. Like oh, really? I, yeah. So I'm, I'm good for about five hours. And then after that, I'm like, I am stuck on this plane in the air. Yeah, in the air. And if I wanted to get out, I can't. And then I start to freak out. I feel like you just planted that seed for me. Sorry, sorry. I know we shouldn't (laughs) be talking about this. But the other thing is um, I'm very sensitive to sound and there's lots of layered sounds on flights. You know, you can hear the air con and you can hear the engine and then you hear people like talking and then the toilet flushes and I start to just like, it gets too much after a while. Yeah. Oh, George. Yeah. That actually makes sense. It's actually really interesting to have this conversation because I just assumed if someone was a bad flyer, it's because they didn't like turbulence, but there are so many different things that flying brings up in people. And you know what? The book that I recommended a few weeks ago, Any Ordinary Day by Lee Sales, she talks about this irrational fear of flying because you are far more likely and you're far more in danger in your car driving to the airport than you are in the air. Yeah, I tell myself that, but I'm like, I still would rather crash on the road (laughs) or like on a boat where there's water there. You know what I mean? It's the the falling bit. Maybe we both need to skydive. I can't believe I just said that. I can't believe I just said that, but maybe, maybe that's what we need to do. It, put it on the meadow. <laughs> Fuck me. People would watch that. I don't know if I could do I it. Oh, my God. So um, where? I have one it? more thing I want to say about flying. Tell me. Oh, yeah. Do you eat on airplanes? I've stopped. I've stopped. I used to, but the, the 
flying makes me bloated anyway, whether I'm eating or not. So I drink a lot of water mm. and I drink a lot of tea. And I used to be like that person who I'd read like health bloggers and be like, look at all of the treats that I pack on my flight. And then I'd be like, I'm going to do it too. And I'd pack my hummus and my rice cakes and like my avocado. And then they'd be like, Holly, you can't take those things on the plane and be like, fuck. <laughs> Yeah. And then I wouldn't eat them anyway because I can't no. be bothered to get up and get the shit out of my bag. Yeah. So I almost use it as like a fasting thing. Mm. How about you? Yeah, I'm the same. But in saying that, I also get quite nauseous on flights. Mm. Um, so I do like to have like crackers or something. Yeah. But I just, I can't eat plain food. No, I just no. And, and, and do- I try and I just, it makes me feel so sick. No, if they give you like a little cheese and cracker thing, I'll have that. But anything yeah. that they've made, like any food, I will literally decline. And they get confused. They're like, what do you mean? Like nothing? I'm like, no, no food, please. Like, yeah, no. It's hard though, isn't it? Especially yeah. on those European flights because they're so long. Mm. Um, but it's okay. We've got a 14-hour leg to Dubai and then we have a seven-hour layover. So I'll eat then. And then yeah. we've got an eight-hour flight. So okay, and, you'll be and, fine. And Vipassana has honestly... When I, the way I look at time now, I'm like, oh, I used to meditate 12 hours a day. What's a 14-hour flight? That's fucking fine. I could meditate for that entire flight if I needed to. Yeah. So totally fine. So true. So true. Yeah. So you're going on where, – where are you going? You're going to the UK for a wedding. I'm going to the UK for a wedding. So there's a wedding in Glasgow. It's in this beautiful castle. Watch mm. my stories for more. Um, so these are family friends of ours. And that was the excuse to get over there. But we also had a group of friends who were like, let's do a European summer and get a villa in Ibiza. And so it just, again, timing so happened that the villa in Ibiza is a week after this wedding in Scotland. So Trenny and I are going to do Edinburgh and we're going to drive around Scotland. Uh, My grandmother and my mum were born in Scotland. So we're going to visit their birthplaces, their birth towns. Uh, And then we're making our way to Ireland. So Trent's family's Irish. And then we're flying over to Ibiza and doing the whole, well, I mean, my friends are going to do the partying thing. I'm not a partier. I know that's also hard to believe. So I'm going to do the exploring, having the cocktails. And then apparently there's a side of Ibiza that's really spiritually pulsing. It's almost like a Byron Bay energy. It's the opposite side of the party island. So I'm going to do some exploration there. Have you researched that? Not at all. No. And this is the other thing. I'm so (laughs) unplanned because I was in Vipassana, then working and I've come back. Honestly. Have you booked accommodation? Okay. Can I tell you? It's Friday today. (laughs) Trent and I just booked our accommodation for Scotland this morning. Yeah. Like my chest is tight (laughs) just thinking about that. I have been looking at Trent every day being like, are we going to do accommodation yet? He's like, yeah, we'll get to it. So I actually don't even know where we're going after Ibiza. We're just going to wing it (laughs) and see where we end up. And this was not me a few years ago, guys. I have to tell you, I've done so much work on surrender and trust. I feel like this isn't very Trent though. Like, isn't he a bit of a planner? No. Oh, he's not. He's the worst. Oh, is he? why I've always been the planner because I'm picking up the slack where he lets off. But now when I'm tapping in more into my surrendered state, I look at him and I'm like, I don't trust you. Babe, you got to pick up the slack. Right? And he's like, I will, I will, I will. But mind you, the the guy also bought his fucking wedding suit two weeks before our wedding. Yeah, okay. So, So... It's what I'm with. But great, it's gonna be so much fun. I'm actually so excited for a holiday. Something has happened. What's Can you happened? talk for a minute? Yeah. Talking, talking, talking. Okay, you're back. I'm back. 
Okay. Yeah, you just so went out of sync. Your voice and your face were like, oh. <laughs> um, cool. So you've been to Scotland before. I visited Scotland for the Fringe Festival last year, the that's Edinburgh a, Fringe. Yeah, that's cool. Oh. See, I've kind of got this thing, and tell me what you think, is I don't like to go back to the same place that I've been travel-wise because I'm like, I've got to see all the things. Totally. But I also really love certain places and I want to go back, but I'm like, I have this weird, like, it must be a limiting belief I run that you can't actually do that until you've seen all the other things. I, I can totally relate with that. But the last year, it's been repeated visitation, like our honeymoon in Vietnam. And then like eight months later, we were back in Vietnam, like the same place. And then Scotland last year was to see my brother perform at the Fringe. But because we're in Glasgow, and I guess it's different because I, I did it by myself and with my brother last year. And this year it's with Trent who let's be like, remember he loves whiskey and Scotland and Edinburgh especially is Scotch. like scotch whiskey right this is what the home and the heart of it so i'm actually really excited to experience edinburgh through his experience of it um and but i but i also agree where we were like well we're on the other side of the world it's a long flight let's go back to the places we love like we love italy and we love greece yeah i mean i think it's great like i said it's a stupid rule that someone right? said once well yeah. i think we we say it to ourselves but that's why we're like well we're in spain and we've not done spain so maybe we should do more of spain and not go to paris but we love paris it's just like oh my god there's so many options i think there's so much you can tell about a person in the way that they travel So like, like I said to you, I'm such a planner. So like rocking up somewhere and having not booked accommodation in advance, that's also been very well reviewed on TripAdvisor. I've run past a million people who've been to the area before. Like I, I have anxiety thinking about winging it, but I'd also love to be a spontaneous traveler. Like that just sounds so romantic to me. Don't you reckon? It's kind of yeah. like, I mean, I, I'm taking Eat, Pray, Love with me to read, but I feel like it's very Eat, Pray, Love. It's just like, let's just see where the energy takes me. Yeah. Um, but that said, with accommodation, Jord, it's really interesting because this is the first time around where I've gone, I'm not even looking at hotels. Like I just, Airbnb is a given. So we've booked all these beautiful Airbnbs as opposed to hotel accommodation. I don't know if you've been the same with travel recently, like, but that um, shit. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? So like, I do a lot of solo travel. Um, and when I'm traveling solo in countries or cities where I feel like the majority, so like it's okay as a blonde white woman with breasts walking around, then I'll, this is so weird. I've never thought about this, but this is it. Then I'll book an Airbnb. I feel comfortable doing that. Totally. If I don't, if I feel like the minority in a country, like when I was in India, I definitely wouldn't book an Airbnb. So true. I want to be booking either a resort or a hotel or some sort of accommodation where there was security or a doorman or someone if I needed someone do you know what I mean I actually do I want to ask you about solo travel actually Mm. because I had my first solo travel experience last year but it wasn't even really because I went to the UK stayed with friends Saw my brother in Scotland, was staying on my own. Yeah, that's not But solid. it doesn't fucking count, right? <laughs> it actually wasn't solid. It was like I did the big flight by myself and I had to get myself places on my own, but it wasn't like fully on my own. So talk to me about that experience because I'm so intrigued. 
Uh, yeah, I've done it. A, I've done it a few times. Um, I guess my biggest solo travel was when I did uh, India for. 30, it was 30 days, which at the time felt like forever, but I guess 30 days isn't that long. No. 30 um, days is fucking long when you're on your own and you're in India. Yeah, it was my first time in India and uh, it was confronting on so many levels. It was confronting because it was India. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was confronting because I really, I really had to trust the decisions that I was making. Yeah. Um, and I really, yeah, I was guided by my intuition the whole time. Like I planned a lot, but there was a lot that I had to do spontaneously because for example, when I first got there, I booked myself into 10 days in an ashram. Um, and I got about six days in and I just couldn't stay there any longer. Um, not because I wasn't enjoying it. It was great, but I just, I just come to this new country and I wanted to explore it. And I felt like I was being contained yep. and I thought this is too long to be stuck in the one spot and we couldn't go outside. Like it was all about the ashram experience. And so I changed my plans and I went to a town that I had decided that I was going to go to very last minute. But before, before I got there, I contacted friends who'd been there before, asked for their recommendations on accommodation and all of that. But the, the traveling between places in India is very scary and not because the experience itself is scary. It's because what everybody tells you, like I cannot tell you the horror stories people gave me before I even got to India, which meant that I was on the back foot the whole time yeah. and I had my guard up and my defenses up, which I know was people's way of protecting me. Yeah. But it also meant that I was very suspicious of everybody. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think that's a beneficial way to, to travel. solo travel. Not that you should be super trusting of everybody because, yeah, you do have to have your guard up. Yeah. But in those first few days when I was exploring outside the ashram, ashram walls on my own, I really did feel like I missed out on a few experiences because I was so um, guarded. guarded. Totally. Do yeah. you know what's interesting? Just it makes me think about an experience I had traveling where um, with my girlfriend Leah, and it was my first Europe trip. And we didn't get forewarned. We visited Turkey. We were 23. Yeah. Right. And my dad was very much like, What the fuck are you doing going to Turkey? You're so young. Blah, wow. blah, blah. And my, beautiful. Right. And my dad, my dad just tends to be like fear mongers, everything. So I didn't really take it seriously, but we were so trusting, like so trusting that we actually got ourselves into trouble a couple of times. There mm. was one instance where we went and had a Turkish bath and that's where you're in these beautiful big Turkish baths. And they were, we, we were massaged by men. And at the end of our session, Leah came out and she's like, did you find that strange when he started touching, you know, underneath your underwear, like on the, the bum side? And I was like, the bum side, that's really like articulate of me. <laughs> and I was like, my bum did not get touched. And she was like, oh, fuck. So there was that, that little experience. We went to the Grand Bazaar. Um, we were called into like a shoe store thing. So we're like, yeah, sweet. The owner, who was a man, wanted a photo with us. And as like his other mate went to get a photo. He groped us in the, in the photo. Yeah. And, and the worst of it was we went to Cappadocia or to Cappadocia. I actually don't know the pr proper way to pronounce it. I can't even help you there. 
it's the place that everyone lives in cliffs and they look like um, almost like sand castles oh, and you've got yeah. hot air ballooning. So we went hot air ballooning in Cappadocia. Oh, yeah. But when we were there, um, we were very trusting of the accommodation because we were staying in a hotel, but with these two young 23-year-old women staying in this hotel and one of the younger guys who worked there was like, I'm going to take you girls out tomorrow. I've got my tour guide fucking like certification we're gonna go for a drive i'm gonna show you all the spots and we were like sweet this guy actually had this weird obsession with me where he got us in the car he flew down this highway and straight away my like intuition was like we're not okay and he took he did take us to all of these places with his mate but then he said to me like i've seen on facebook you have this boyfriend i'm going to kidnap you i'm going to make you my wife i swear to god he told me he was going to kidnap me and make me my wife and we were stuck we didn't know how to get back other than with him and holly they do midday movies about this i know but we were so young and naive and we didn't have our suspicious guard up and thank fuck we were okay like he ended up taking us back to the accommodation got me a rose and then we got on the like bachelor. <laughs> i know and got the fuck out of there i still remember his name malik he's blocked on all social media oh my god can i tell you a funny name story in india please you'll really love this okay so when i was over i i thought i was going to have an eat pray love experience in india totally I, I i went over there because i was doing an ayurvedic cooking course oh sick yeah, and um, I'll tell you about that as well. I thought I was Good going morning. to a cooking course um, in Kerala. Anyway, so when I'm on the plane on the way over, I was like, I'm going to India. I need to um, connect with an Indian god or goddess, and they're going to hold me throughout this experience. Totally. And then I got this download, and I was like, Lakshmi. It's all about Lakshmi, you know, goddess of abundance. And Love I was it. like, it's going to be amazing. So... I go straight into the ashram, do my thing in the ashram. And then I'm like, oh my God, I got to get out of the ashram. Went to Varkala, which is like a surf town in India. It was very cool, very touristy. So I kind of still felt safe there. Mm. And I went and got a massage one day and this woman, this Indian woman, she was so beautiful. And I was really, I was, it was, it was a new moon and I was feeling like really kind of on edge and I was processing a lot. Like that India trip was me running away from shit happening in Sydney. Anyway, I arrive and she's like, you know, it's so lovely to meet you. My name is Lakshmi. And I was like, shut the fuck up. I was like, hi Lakshmi. Fancy meeting you here. (laughs) Anyway. So I was like, oh my God, my guys are looking after me. Lakshmi, Lakshmi, Lakshmi. (laughs) The next day I leave Vakala and I go right into the city of Kerala and, um, to do the cooking course. And it's in this yoga school and I arrive and I walk in and, um, the woman who I'd been emailing with, I can't remember her name. She was like, oh, um, we're just waiting for the, the Ayurvedic doctor who's running your cooking course to arrive. Do you want to just wait here? And I was like, yeah, of course. I said, are the other students here? Like thinking I was going to meet all these people. And she's like, no, it's a private cooking course. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah. So it was a seven day Ooh. private cooking course. Shut the fuck up. With this doctor. And anyway, she arrives and she comes up to meet me in the waiting room. She takes my hand. She's like, I'm Dr. Lakshmi. And I was like, fuck off. That's so funny. Oh my God, your name's Dr. Lakshmi. And she kind of just looked at me like, yeah. Yeah, And then, um, and then, and then 
I went to my accommodation and then every day that the cooking course started, I'd have a private yoga class at the school before we started cooking. Beautiful. So the next morning I arrived for my private yoga class. The yoga teacher arrives. She introduces herself. Lakshmi. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, you asked and you received. Right? And so I said to her, I was like, it's so weird. I said, pretty much everyone I've met since I got here is called Lakshmi. <laughs> She's like, she, she had really good English. She's like, yeah, Lakshmi's like a really common name in India. <laughs> She's like, it would be like Lisa in oh Australia. And I was like, oh, okay. So it's not very special. I love that. I love that it's probably a common name because everyone's like what you did. I want the goddess of abundance. So Yeah, well, everyone's calling their kids after Lakshmi. I mean, it's really sweet, but, like, it was not a universal sign that people I met were called Lakshmi because everyone's called Lakshmi. I love it. But you didn't know that when you chose it, so I still think it's a sign. Thanks, Holly. That's okay. My so dad, it's me. a running joke with my dad. He sends oh, really? photos of anything that says Lakshmi. Lakshmi. Right? <laughs> He's yeah. like, it's a sign. <laughs> what has been the best trip you have ever been on? Oh, that is so hard. No. But I'm going to go a bit rogue here. I Ooh. So my uh, my dad and my dad's side of the family are South African. Please don't hold it against us. And um, <laughs> no, that's a horrible thing to say. They're lovely. Love and they love all them. South African listeners. Yeah. Um, but I've been there. <laughs> I've been there several times. Um, so I went when I was five. I went when I was 10. I went when I was 18. Um, and all of those trips honestly were the most incredible trips because we did, um, we did safaris each time we went. Yeah. And, um, the Kruger National Park, which is one of the famous safaris there was the most, I mean, until you have done safari, you can't even explain it in words. Like it is the most incredible experience to be so close to these animals that are living their best lives in their natural habitat like it's not like going to the zoo no but because there's so many people that come through the parks they're they're kind of they're not super scared of you so they do come really really close um giraffes and elephants are plenty um lions one time we had lions with all of her cubs the lion the lioness and all of the cubs (gasps) the more rare things to see which we saw as well were like cheetahs and leopards and jaguars we saw all of those um and then the the most like full-on experience it was when i was five and i remember it like it was yesterday it was just my dad my stepmom and me and they were in the front seat and I was having a tantrum in the back seat and I was crying and I kept like unbuckling my belt and I sat on the floor of the back seat. Yeah. And I think my dad or maybe it was my stepmom was like, George, you know, just calm down, snap out of it. You're going to miss everything. And then all of a sudden the car started shaking like this. Oh my God. And then out of nowhere, out of the bushes, this rhino. What? straight in front of the car and you never see rhinos because they're almost extinct. Like it's such a rare thing. And it just like stampeded straight across the front of the car. And I like got a glimpse of it as I like snapped out of it and looked out the window, like a little meerkat. It was was incredible. Insane. 
insane. Yeah. That is such a fucking cool story. I would love to do a safari. It's definitely on. I the highly cover. recommend it. And if I do it again, which I will definitely, I want to do it. Like we stayed in the park, but just like in cabins in the park. But you know, like you see the royals do it all the time where they actually stay in like these lofts in the middle yes. of the safari yes. and like elephants come and like feed from the watering hole and bark I mean, from the watering off. hole. Feed, drink, whatever. Hey, can we like hold this thought? Because mm-hmm. Lola's going nuts, and I just want to make sure she hasn't spotted a rhino herself. Um, okay, so that was your best ever travel experience. I think so, like with other people, but in terms of like, oh, I don't know, like I loved New York. Like I love being in New York. Yeah. And you have to go, Holly. Like, I, yeah, I have to go. It I think is it'll like, give me anxiety. No, people see, that's another thing that people tell you, right? They're like, oh my God, it's a big city. It's so full on. The last time I went to New York, I was living in Byron. So I went from Byron Bay to New York City and oh my God, like, and you know how sensitive I am with the city. I just, it's like being in a movie. It's so surreal. It's But I think we should go together because it's a thing you do with your girlfriends, I reckon. Okay. Well, let's do New York. Welcome yeah. to New York. We'll pump Taylor Swift as we fly on down. Um, um, what's your best travel experience? I have two. Okay. So, and I love that they're very different to yours. Okay, great. Um, so the first one is the trip that I got engaged, well, we got engaged on. So Trent yeah. proposed in the Cinque Terre. We'll tell the proposal story another app. Um, I'm sure we've told it. No, I've told you it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have not told the listeners. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, we don't really need to give the listeners another reason to love Trent, but it's a great story. <laughs> um, but it was two months in Europe. And so we started in, uh, where did we start? In Amsterdam. And then we made our way to Paris. And I had one of my best friends, Jess, meet us in Paris. Actually, both of my travel, favourite travel things involve Jess. Oh, no, um, that's so funny. And then we went to Avignon, which is the south of France. And then we made our way to the Cinque Terre. And then we did all of Italy, like Amalfi and all of the things. Um, we went to Malta, which is where my family lived. So we spent some time there. Trent got to meet my family, which was great. And then we finished up in the Greek islands. So they are all my favorite things. Like I love a, a trip that involves good food, good drink, sunshine, and the ocean. Like yeah. give me that. And like, my favorite but that said the other trip brought out another side of me and this is when Jess and I decided out on a whim because she had staff travel to go to the states and so I've only ever done one trip to the states and it was only a week we had a week in the states and so we did half the time or majority of the time was in LA and that was when we ran into fuck I forget his name from 10 things I had about you but he's no, it wasn't Heath Ledger. It was oh. Andrew Keegan. He, um, so Andrew Keegan oh, played. Andrew Keegan. Yeah. He was on um, Seventh Heaven too. Yes, yes. And he invited us to a party and we got nervous and said no. <gasps> what? <laughs> no. We both looked at each other and we're like, that's the guy from Denver. Like, you and he just invited us to a party. And so we didn't go. Yeah, I know. Holly, holly, holly. And then we went to Vegas and we had two nights in Vegas. It's so random. I know because I've said it. I'm not a partier and neither is Jess, but we're like, let's just experience Vegas. Oh my God. I have the funniest Vegas story. I'm not going to tell the whole story on here because it's highly inappropriate, but let's say it ended up with riding a mechanical bull in Treasure Island, followed by getting a stretch limousine to the high class 
strip club spearmint rhino and then spending the entire night making friends with the strippers and being rained dollar bills. This is a good the, story. This is a good story. We I have heard up, it. Yeah. <laughs> we ended up meeting the founder of Mink Pink and he made it rain dollar bills. And I ended up dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Oh, I was like, I went home when the sun came up and I was like drinking Patron from the bottle of these like really cool people that I just wanted to be friends with. Again, and very trusting, Holly. I know. I'm a very dangerous traveler, so it seems. But I like I made a lot of money that night too and I didn't even <laughs> Oh my God, that's so good. Um, I just want to say some of the best travel experiences I've had have actually been in Australia. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. I, and I do travel a lot in Australia. I mean, yeah. there was a time there where I was never at home. I was always on the road, which begs another question and topic I'd like to kind of talk about is like, you know, some people could just travel forever. Like um, I've got a friend, do you know Vienda Maria? No. She's also in this world, in this space. She's a coach and she just travels all the time and she just moves cities and countries to live in like all the time. And it's so beautiful. It's so nomadic and wanderlusty. Yeah. And as romantic as that is to watch, I know that I actually couldn't do that because I need to have a home and I need to have a base. And if I spend more than a month away from my bed, I start to get so homesick. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that now, George. And that was like, I had to have the experience that I've had this year where I've been to Vietnam, Thailand, Bali, Byron twice, Noosa, and I'm about to go to Scotland and Ireland and Europe. Mm. And that's all been what? It's been six months. It will have been seven months and I cannot wait. I'm excited about the holiday, but I can't wait to get home and not have any travel planned for the rest Mm. of the year because it actually is it's a lot of energy to keep up with. Some people thrive on it, but I've recognised that I, I need a base too. Yeah. It's so, mm. it's so interesting, isn't it? What, so what about travel in Australia? Have you done anything cool here? My most favourite place to travel, which really surprised me, other than Byron Bay, but that doesn't count because it feels like home. Um, <laughs> I love Tasmania. Oh, my God, I love Tasmania. So much. Love it. I went for the first love time it. two years ago. Did the whole, like, it was a lot to do with training the whiskey thing. Went to some wineries. The food and wine scene in Tassie is beautiful. Tasmania, just in general, just ticks every box for me. I love it there. Yeah, me too. Well, it's, it does tick every box. Like, it's got the mountains. It's got the ocean. It's got the food. It's got, you know. And the people are really beautiful as well. The wine, the cheese, all the, the cheese, cheese. All the and cheese. The people and the- are so lovely, yeah. Yep. And, but I haven't been, and I'm like, it's, it's such a shame that I haven't, I've really only done East. Like it's so. Oh, have difficult. you never been to Western Australia? Never. I would oh my love God. to. It's so beautiful. It's breathtaking. Like I've been there a few times because, uh, one of my boyfriends was from Western Australia. So we'd go okay. and see his family. Um, like Rottnest Island is just like so incredible. Is that where you get the quokka selfies? Is that what? Oh, the Quokka selfies, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. so cool. Um, and also Margaret River. Like yeah. I went to Margaret River when I was working. Oh, when I was working with Bondi Harvest, we went there for a, a gourmet escape, which is like this huge food festival they do in Margaret River where all Yum. the wineries all the restaurants and all the celebrity chefs kind of get together and do, I think it's like five days worth of stuff. It was so cool. incredible. So cool. Um, but even Perth itself is just, it's just so beautiful. And the ocean is just so different. And like, you know, the sun sets on 
the different the other side. side. Yes. The whole, I love it. I don't know if I could live there. It's very far away. Yeah. It's, um, it's so beautiful. And the other place that I really love is South Australia. Like, well, that's what I was about to say. I've yeah. never been and I'd love to do the Adelaide Fringe. I feel like we need to do it next year. We, we, this, oh, have we missed it? Yes, it already Feb, been this? Feb, March, Feb March. Okay, let's do it next year because it is so incredible. Yes. It's so much fun. Yes. Um, I did it one year, I think I was, I must have still been working in magazines. So it was like a meal, and like everything was looked after and we went to the most amazing events at the, um, at the fringe. And then we did like McLaren Vale and all the, yes. and yeah, it was, it's so fun. Maybe we could do a middle stand up show at the fringe. Oh my God. Stop it. You know, I love that. I know you do. Let's make it happen. Oh my God. <laughs> um, the other thing that I want to do that I haven't done in Australia is I've never done the Northern Territory. Neither. I want to do Uluru. I want to do Kakadu. I yes. mean, come on. What yes. a beautiful place. I know. We are actually, we live in such a beautiful part of the world. Like, and we have so much at our disposal. And I do forget that at times. It's like, oh, let's like jet off to here next and jet off to here. But yeah. this is a nice little reminder of what you have at your doorstep as well. Yeah. And also on that note, New Zealand. Like, oh, fuck. I know. I still haven't been. Yeah. Yeah, I've been once when I was seven and that doesn't count, right? That's so like, count. and it's so, like, it's so close. It's so cheap. And I would love to do some like um, road tripping, like vanning around New Zealand. Look, we're going to do it. We're going to get Daisy more involved. I know Aww. she listens. We're just going to do something because we have middle listeners in New Zealand. So why the fuck not? Why the F not? Why has this been fun? Is there anything else you want to say about travel? Oh, just... Get your travel on, friends. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, um, I try and do an overseas trip every year and I haven't got one planned for this year. I'm hoping something rogue happens in the next, how are we up to July already? I know. it's In fine. the next six months. Yeah, girl. I, I think that travel is on the cards for you. Mm-hmm. And then next year we'll be doing some cool road trip stuff, I feel. Across oh Australia be and we beyond. We should buy a van, Holly. <gasps> we should buy a van and put the middle on the side of it. Can like you do all of that? And I will just be in charge of the music. <laughs> Can you buy the van? Can you buy the van, upholster it and drive? <laughs> and I will sit in it and take photos. <laughs> At least we know we can sleep next to each other really peacefully. Guys, I'm a very easy person to sleep next to. She really is. <laughs> I hate sharing beds with people. It's been a sore spot for every boyfriend I've ever had. But Holly is really nice to sleep next to in Trends a non-creepy way. No, I just sleep and don't move. You don't move. It's excellent. <laughs> okay, so what are your recos, George? Oh, what are my recos this week? Um, well, I have two. Oh, which Get we them. do every week. <laughs> wow, that's new. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first record I have um, is a dairy alternative. Now, um, <laughs> <laughs> what is this show? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to give you some history on my <laughs> my history with dairy. Okay. Um, as you guys know, I gave up coffee, um, and when I drank coffee, I drank long blacks sometimes with a dash of milk and with a dash of dairy milk, I'm fine. But if I have lots of dairy, I, it doesn't sit very well with me. Um, and when I gave up coffee, I started drinking more chai. Now Mm. chai has a lot more milk than my long blacks would. And so I would have, um, almond milk, which is delicious. But if I have 
too much concentrated almonds, I get really foggy in the head. So I was like, I can't do this. Then I was like, oh, I'll have soy. But if I have too much soy, it messes with my estrogen. Mm. So I'm like, can't do that. And then I was like, what the fuck am I going to have? I don't like coconut milk in chai because I think it makes it taste really different. Yeah, okay. Okay. And then um, a few cafes up here do oat milk. Mm. And way back in the day when I was a barista, we used to have oat milk in the cafe. And I was so amazed at how well it performed under heat. Like it just it froths really beautifully and it's really creamy when you, when you steam it. Um, And so I started having oat milk chais and they're so delicious. And then this morning, because I've been having a coffee like every now and then, I had um, an oat milk latte and it was so beautiful with coffee. Like the flavor of the oat milk and the coffee match really well. So my recommendation is oat milk. If you can't have dairy and you're not a big fan of almond milk in your lattes, which I know a lot of people aren't because it really changes the flavor Mm. and you don't want to be having too much soy, I reckon give oat milk a crack. It's huge in the States. Like every cafe has it in the States. It's like having soy milk. Like everyone Mm. has oat milk. And I think cafes in Australia are slowly catching on to it, but they're not going to have it in the cafe unless people are ordering it. So I highly recommend trying it. I've got one that I buy for home because I make chai at home as well. Oh, I can't see the label from where I am. I'll, I'll find out and I'll put it in the Facebook group. But I know like a lot of the alternative milk brands are doing it. Like Australia's own, or is that what it's called? Australia's yeah, own yeah. and um, yeah, a few Harvest and all of those people, they're making oat milk now. So I, yeah, I highly recommend trying it. This is fascinating because I've been so resistant to oat milk because it just feels like milk made of oats feels fucking weird. So I'm going to give it not, a crack. You're not drinking the oat. Like it's it's the same as almond milk. Like you're not drinking the husk of the almond. Totally. You know? I just that's... for some reason in my head feel like oat milk would be really watery. It's not. It's so creamy. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to give it a crack. Oat milk that I drink, they they put calcium into it too. Not that I'm worried about that. I get calcium from my veggies and stuff. But, yeah, I, honestly, and it's okay. kind of sweet. Like, you know when you soak oats for porridge, it, it has this kind of sweet flavour? Oatally. No. <laughs> no, Holly. I meant to say totally, guys. <laughs> yeah, we got the joke. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was saying to a friend this morning, she was, she was coming up with jokes to like tell this guy that she had a crush on. And I was like, there's nothing less attractive than having to explain a joke to someone. Oh, thank you, you Miss Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wow, your execution was shocking. Your execution was shocking. <laughs> um, oh, was it, did you send me a funny, did you send me a funny co-star this morning or was that someone else? Oh, look, I read a funny co-star this morning. I didn't send it to you. But oh. co-star, guys, if you're not following co-star on Instagram, get the fuck on it. It's so funny. It's so they They have hidden cameras and are watching everything everybody does at all times. It's fucking nuts. I think we talk about co-star every time. Oh, hang on. It's here. Oh, has a friend crush who? Oh, yes. Mine is what is equally attractive as them. Is even hotter than they are. Oh, yeah, Totally. I don't what? know how accurate mine is. Mine is is intellectually is intellectually stimulating, but also knows how to party. Well, I mean, party could be cracking jokes, you know. Yeah, yeah, like having a fun time. Yeah, 
because I am very intellectually stimulating and also like to have a fun time. And I know you have a friend crush on me, so it all makes sense. Well, I wish I could say you had a friend crush on me. I'm sorry. But about we this. made it clear that you don't. So that's it's, fine. It's a conversation we had a few days ago. <laughs> I fall in love with people very easily. And George is like, well, you haven't fallen in love with me. So that's not cool. Like friend zone me straight away. I did. I really did. I'm sorry about it. <laughs> right. Do you want to hear what my second record is? Please tell me more. Speaking of friends, um, so this is a little bit biased because she's my best friend, but my best friend, Ruby, and her best friend, Penelope, um, started this incense brand called yes. Dutchy Scents. Don't be put off. It's not made from marijuana. She just thinks it's funny to call it Dutchies. Um, it's incense that they have been getting manufactured in Bali yes. and guys, it smells like barley. I've smelt it. Yeah. It's fucking great. It's amazing. They're really thick sticks, so you can just burn it for a bit and then put it out and keep using it. It's really, so really good. great. Um, and it's the same incense that you smell in all the yoga studios and outside mm. all of the villas in Bali. It's so beautiful. Mm. And I'm actually addicted to it. And I love incense. Like my favorite go-to incense is um, Nug Champa. You know Nug Champa in yes. the blue box? Yes. I love that, but I love um, how different the smell of Dutchy Dutchy. It's oh, so good. You lit some for me when I stayed up a couple of months back and it was just like the most beautiful smell. I need to get yeah. some, actually. I need to get some stash. Yeah. So um, their website has just gone up um, and I'll put the link in the Facebook group. Do it. And, and also, guys, like this is an important thing to say. Support fucking small business. Yeah, lady startups. And like lady startups. Yeah, totally. And male startups. So all the startups. But like support small business doing cool shit. And we love Ruby. Ruby's the best. Ruby's the best. Um, so they're my recos. Holly, I love them. What are your recos? Well, first thing first is my first reco is for those of you who are maybe interested in starting on your meditation journey but aren't looking for something extreme like Vipassana or not necessarily interested in doing like a transcendental or a Vedic course. So my foray into meditation started, as I think a lot of people's do, with guided meditations where someone is speaking to you and they're telling you how to, you know, breathe or they're giving you a visualisation, whatever it may be. And I stumbled across this app and I usually recommend it to all of my clients when I was doing one-on-ones. The app is called insight timer and it's a free app downloadable from your app store yes it's available on android for my android listeners represent (laughs) and what's (laughs) what's amazing about insight timer is it's got thousands and thousands of guided meditations and you can search depending on what you're seeking in your meditation so i used to use insight timer a lot when i was feeling quite panicky or anxious and i would search meditation for anxiety You can search meditations based on chakra points you want to work on, based on a mood that you're feeling. Maybe it's meditation for relaxation. Maybe it's a manifestation meditation. Like the options are endless. It's kind of like a Google search for guided meditations. Mm. And then you've got heaps of teachers from all over the world. You can also search by time. So maybe you've only got time for five minutes. Maybe it's 10, maybe it's 25. But it's beautiful because you can just customize your approach to meditation 
And do you have to pay for it? No, it's free. Oh, it's so amazing. You know, yeah. I've used Insight Timer just as a timer for meditation before. Right. So yes. there's these beautiful like gong sounds and you can change them to, to lead you in and to bring you out. Because when I was doing Vedic meditation, I hated not knowing how long 20 minutes was. Yes. And I also hated the iPhone timers alarm. So like Insight was great because it's this beautiful like yes. yeah, gong. Basically. And you can also choose background noise if you don't want someone speaking to you. So you can choose the sound of rain or you can choose oh, the ocean or, so and you nice. just set your timer on that. So it's, it's almost like a hidden gem that I wasn't even going to recommend it. Cause it's one of those things kind of like she bear where I'm like, everyone knows about this, but everybody does not know. Oh my so. gosh. She bear's coming out next week. Is it? Next? Oh fuck. Of course it is. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. she nailed this month's reading. Actually, anyway, right. anyway, um, insight timer is my first reco. Amazing. Now, Second reco is like, Holly, it's old news. And that's exactly what George said when I told her I was going to reco. <laughs> <laughs> However, when I was in Vipassana, you'll find that if you tend to do it, song, random songs get stuck in your head for days and days and days. And sometimes that can be incredibly annoying. But I had a really nice song get stuck in my head and it's from one of my favourite movies and I watched it this week. I actually forced Chinoa to watch it because he hadn't seen it. And, it's, and he wasn't impressed, but anyway. Look, no, he was. He No, he wasn't. No. I don't know. <laughs> um, so the movie is La La Land and it is a movie with right. Why are you laughing? Because it's just so funny because it, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like I've got a movie to recommend. You guys probably haven't heard of it. It's called Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Look, let's be real. La La Land really cleaned up at the Oscars. <laughs> They even brought out La La Land with the Sydney Orchestra where they did the soundtrack. Yeah, that was like last year or the year before. I know I didn't go. Oh. I, I was, wasn't around for it. But anyway, this is just a reminder to no, either rewatch good. it. And it's, it's on, on Netflix. Netflix yeah. Right? It's on Netflix now. Or watch it if you haven't. Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, like that's her name, yeah? Yeah. Beautiful, like such good chemistry. It's like it opens with a musical number. It's very quirky in the way that it's presented. It's amazing. Watch it again. And the song that was in my head was City of Stars and I just never got sick of it. Have you heard Gavin James sing City of Stars? It's only my life. I listened to it this morning. Oh, yeah. It's life, right? Right. I love it so much. Okay. So that's like almost like a record and a half. It's watch La La Land or (laughs) rewatch or re-re-rewatch. And also listen to Gavin James' version of City of Stars. And while you're listening to Gavin James, listen to Gavin James' The Middle as well. Oh, my God. Who would That's have why that? we called this podcast The Middle. It actually is That's why we called it The Middle. We were looking yeah. at Spotify, our Spotify. Oh. It was like, yeah. You went Did that cut out? Then. Yeah. Maybe okay, just say it again. I, so I was just saying that this is why we called it The Middle, because we were listening to The Middle by Gavin James and we're like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah, so good. So good. So, George, you're teaching us all about something very fascinating this week. (laughs) (laughs) I've set you up now. Follow through. (laughs) Okay, hit me. What are you teaching us about this week, George? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, on Wednesday is the Cancer New Moon. Ooh. So, what I thought would be good is to talk about the moon and talk about the lunar cycles because I know about it a you lot. You know a lot. You're like <laughs> I know a lot about it. You're the moon gal, right? I'm the moon gal. 
Um, and so I thought, I mean, I know you know a lot about the moon too, Holly, but I thought it might be nice just to explain the lunar cycle and how we can work with it energetically because I actually work with it in the way that I work my business and the way that I work my relationships and my energy levels. I work with the lunar cycle. So I thought it could be fun to talk about it. Can you um, believe? Yeah. I thought maybe what could be a good setup is just for you to ask me questions. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Good. So the first thing I want to ask is we are familiar with the new moon and the full moon. Like they're the kind of the two cycles that get the most attention, right? I'd love to know about the the cycles in the middle, but before we do that in the middle, uh, before (laughs) we do that, you mentioned, okay, new moon in cancer. What does that mean? Because you've got new moons in different star signs all the time. What does that even mean? Yeah. Very good question. I'm so glad you asked. So basically, um, the, the new moon is represented by what star sign the sun is in at the time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the earth is blocking the sun from the moon. That's why we can't see a new moon. It's dark. Mm, So the new moon is the moon in the sky where there's no moon. Where there's no moon. Right. So the the sign that the sun is in at the time, which is we've just gone into Cancer, is where the is what the new moon is represented by. So this is why it's a Cancer new moon. The full moon is the sign that is opposite the sun. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the next full moon we're going into will be Capricorn. Okay, and that's interesting because it's like. Yes. Uh, water sign for the new moon and an earth sign for the full moon because yep. they're opposite each other. Yeah, and fire and air. I love that. Yeah, okay. it's really cool. It's really cool. So when when a moon, whether it's a new or a full moon, is in that particular astrological sign, it takes on the traits and the themes of that zodiac and that's how we work out what energy we're going to harness and what emotions we might be feeling and what themes are going to come up with each moon based on what star sign it's in that makes so much sense so it's a cancer new moon in a couple of days so we look at what are the traits of cancer and that's going to kind of give us a representation of how we're going to feel in that new moon yeah i mean that's a really basic level way of working it out there's also a lot of different things going on with where all the other planets are at the time and whether it's an eclipse and all of that sort of stuff but yeah that's the basic understanding of working out the theme of that particular moon so interesting and so how do we work with say a new moon what is the new moon a good time to do in our life so the new moon is the beginning of a lunar cycle that was a stutter that, that I was actually a triple stutter throwdown really full on. <laughs> <laughs> that just did it today junior <laughs> okay so um yeah so a lunar cycle goes for roughly 29 days um and the new moon is the beginning of that lunar cycle so it starts with day one okay and so what do we do on day one like what is it intention setting or releasing like what do we do with a new moon yeah so it's all it's it's the start of what we call the waxing phase of the lunar cycle it's a very yang action oriented energy so it's all about being proactive it's when we set our intentions it's the growth of new ideas it's the birth of new ideas it's when we plant seeds it's when we um tune into the potential and growth of our creative expression Mm. and what we want to manifest in the world 
So that's why when I run, say, a Lunar Nights event on the new moon, it's all about intention setting and manifestation because it's the creation piece. Okay. So we are then, for the next 14 days, in that waxing cycle. It's a very yang energy. And when we look at yang and yin, we've got yang, which is action. Think of like, in terms of like yoga, it's like a vinyasa class. You're like moving, mm. um, stopping. It's very kind of free flow. Um, it's forward momentum. Mm. It's signs like fire, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all very yang. Um, and then as we hit the full moon, we slip into a yin energy, which takes yes. us into the waning phase. So the full moon, unlike the new moon, which is sitting opposite, is all about releasing, surrendering, and letting go. So Mm. when you look at a lunar cycle in terms of, say, manifestation, it's this beautiful completeness that happens when you have yang energy and yin energy balancing out. And you have waxing and waning balancing out. And you have action waning, uh, sorry, waxing, matched with surrender, which is the waning phase. So tune in to the energies that are being offered to you through an entire lunar cycle, through all eight phases, and we'll talk about them in a minute, all eight phases, then you're really finding this wholeness and completeness within each lunar month. I love it so much. And it makes sense as to why when you get familiar with that energy, you adjust the way that you do your life. So for instance, I'm assuming it would be like you're more inclined to put a workshop on when you're in that you know, it's wa- the waxing phase, right? Yeah. When you're like action because you've got the energy to express, whereas you're going to plan more downtime when you're in that waning cycle. It's like Absolutely. And so the energies are working with you rather than you feeling like any kind of blockage. Yeah. And same like when you're trying to create something and there's different levels of creation, right? Like when you're creating, let's say like a project or some sort of idea or what it is, I try and keep like the the brainstorming and the visualization, the imagination part of my creation piece in the waiting phase. So from full moon to new moon and anything where I have to actually physically build, create, write, produce, I try and do it in the waxing part of the lunar cycle. This is going to change the whole way I do things, Joy. Yeah, honestly. And look, you've got to be fluid with it, right? Because you can't just be like, I am not taking any business meetings. Which is how I'd love to do it. But totally. like you said, like running a workshop, um, I always run I always run lunar nights on a new moon. So I'm in the action phase. So I find it really easy. Definitely. But there was a time a couple of years ago where I was like, oh, I'm going to run new moon and full moon events. And the full moon events, honestly, I had to cancel them because I just, I didn't have the energy to hold space for people. Me personally, because I'm such an introvert, I just couldn't hold space on a full moon. It was too taxing on my system. And is this why full moons are so intense? Like we hear about like emergency rooms are always apparently going off on a full moon or people mm. like, oh, the lunatics, right? They're all oh, like the And that's lunatics. the actual thing. It was, it was a law in the UK where you could claim the lunatic act and it was um, crimes that were committed during a full moon. That's unbelievable, but also... Yeah fucking cool yes yeah, really cool twisted way yeah but, well that's where the word made me do it yeah but that's where the word like lunatic came from right yeah yeah Luna. it's from Luna. yeah uh, okay so look 
there's a few theories on this um, and none of them are based on any scientific evidence whatsoever. Right. Intuitively for me, there's so many layers to this. I want to get it right. Yeah. I think that what people feel mostly in a full moon, what jars them is this energetic shift from yang energy to yin energy. And it can feel quite jarring because we're going from action and then all of a sudden we drop into passivity and people feel like they're being lazy or they're tired or they're overly emotional or totally whatever it is that's going on. Um, we also have disturbed sleep and everyone's like, oh, the full moon, it's disturbing my sleep. You know what it actually is? It's the light that's disturbing your sleep because it right. starts to mess with your melatonin levels, of right? Course. And natural light from the moon. And that's what affects our menstrual cycles as well. Yes. People are in tune with the moon. But a lot of people in the city have artificial light coming into their room. Like I did in Bondi. I had this like sensor light that just sat outside my room. And my body thought it was the moon. So it was trying to get in tune with this fake artificial sensor light thinking it was la luna, which it wasn't. So And then the other thing that's going on with the moon is that it depends what zodiac it's in, yeah? So when we have fiery moons or when we have overly emotional moons, that's the energy that we're feeling. So it's less about the moon itself. But then also, caveat on all of this is I really think that, and I'm the moon girl, but I really think that people talk themselves into yeah feeling crazy on a full moon totally well it's with everything isn't it what you think you become yeah if you're telling yourself oh god and i see people do this a lot with mercury in retrograde yeah it's like oh fuck mercury's in retrograde everything's gonna go wrong it's like okay well that's what you're creating right yeah exactly so look it's um i can't give you any evidence but they do say there are more people in emergency during a full moon and do go a little bit cray cray and animals yeah, animal. And like, definitely. Actually, I was just talking to Rubes about this today. Um, she was telling me about this book she was reading where they're saying, you know, animals are so in tune with what's going on energetically with the seasons and um, with the moon and like uh, just with like earthquakes and like, you know, all of that totally. sort of stuff. They can feel into it. And we too are animals and we can too, but we've got all these layers of stimuli which have like broken our intuition when it comes to that sort of stuff. So I think the best thing you can do, I mean, I know people are addicted to reading moon synopsis and I run my business giving moon synopsis. So I'm not going to make you stop doing that, but really tune into how you're feeling and how it's resonating with you. And the best thing you can do is really, and it's all universal cycles. Like it's all of them. It's not just the moon, but it's being able to tap into the fact that it is a cycle and yang and yin to all energetic cycles. I love that. Sun, our menstrual cycles, all of cycles. I like the moon because it's a monthly one. It allows me to check in monthly. It allows me to set intentions on a new moon, release intentions on a full moon, and all of the phases in between are just as important. It's like... Yes. Talk to me about the phases in between because I feel like waning gibbous and waxing gibbous or whatever they are, like yeah. they kind of get overlooked, right? They do get overlooked. And this is the thing, like they are the same moon. And I think we forget that. It's yeah, like, so true. And this is the... No, no, it's the same moon every time. It's just certain parts of it are lit up depending on what part of the cycle we're in. So it's a really good metaphor for yourself as well. Like it's okay to be in the dark moon 
and it's okay to be completely seen in the light they're all just phases of the one person of who you are um so i won't go into each and every phase but they do have their own energies and it's the same moon just moving through the sky growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bolder until it's at its fullest and its full expression and then it's time to retreat and hibernate and lose some light and step into the shadow until we come to the dark moon and we're at a new moon again. I love that. Do you know what I love about the moon as well? Just in the way that you're phrasing this, it doesn't go from new to full straight away and it doesn't go from full to new because that's very all or nothing personality, right? It's almost like a beautiful reminder to just like slowly transition in and out of all of your phases. So the light and the shadow and all of the in-betweens as well. And I feel like a lot of the time when we're in the in-betweens, we feel uncomfortable, but maybe this is what we need to give more of a focus and celebration to all of the phases, not just the two most noticeable. Absolutely. Nailed it, Holly. Nailed it. (laughs) Right. Okay. So are there any, I mean, is there anything else that we haven't really touched on with the moon? You've answered a lot of questions for me. Um, look, I just think, yeah, I think that if you can start to track how you're feeling during the different phases of the moon, it can be really illuminating. Um, and illuminating. Allow, <laughs> illuminating. <laughs> um, and it allows you to really understand yourself a little bit better. Like, following the cycles of the moon for re- for me really gave me self-awareness yeah. um, and it, it allowed me to be a little bit softer with myself that yeah. if you know my energy was feeling a little bit low or I didn't mm. feel like being outside and entertaining and, you know, being social, that that was okay and I was yeah. just going through my waning period um, that. and that's totally cool. So this isn't a plug at all, but if you are interested in this stuff, I do have an online course that takes you through all eight phases of the moon Amazing. and it's really fun and it's really cheap. It's $66 at the moment. So there's lots of like guided meditations and podcast interviews and pranayama Ooh. exercises and it's really juicy. Yeah. I so love that. It's fun. Get on it, friends. Get on it. Thanks um, for that, George. That's that's right. Cleared up a lot for me. Good. I'm so glad. Um, Holly, have the best trip. Thank you. I am really excited. It's honestly, it hasn't landed yet. It will land when I land, you know, (laughs) safely, hopefully. (laughs) Oh, stop it. I'll be thinking of you all as we land. Um, Um, I have something to say. Do you have something to say? No, I don't. I just said, um, (laughs) Oh, okay. So, (laughs) um, Holly is going away for three weeks, but we're still going to be recording. Yes. But Da, 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 da. We have an announcement. Holly, oh yeah, testing, do you, testing. Do you remember this announcement? Is it about something that's going to be monthly, like a yeah, full moon? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> like we did talk about this, right? We did. Okay, you. Can I'm on board. Okay. No, you announce it. Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know a few of you are going to be disappointed, but I think it's better for the overall good. We're actually going to start doing our weekly energy readings as monthly energy readings because um, what we found is when we do it weekly, nothing much changes energetically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we just prefer, I think, to do like a really beautiful... um, Intentional. Yeah. And maybe a little bit more in depth. So there'll be longer episodes, but they're just going to drop monthly but I don't want you guys to worry because we're not going to tell you what it is yet it's a secret there is going to be a weekly offering coming up 
Yes. But we'll tell you a little bit more about that in the coming weeks. We will. So yeah, monthly reads. I mean, there's a reason that people like She Bear and the other online readers do the monthly read. You get more juice from it, to be honest. So your ear holes might feel a little lacking three Wednesdays of the month, but then they'll be like, pack and punch for that. (laughs) I got really... Um, The other thing that uh, I feel a bit weird announcing this in case tech isn't my friend when I'm doing this, but I think it's going to be, is that these podcasts are now going to be available um, visually (gasps) on YouTube. YouTube. So this episode hopefully will be our first episode on YouTube and um, I'll put the link to our YouTube channel, which I have to create in the Facebook group. I didn't even dress to impress. I kind of just like, but I think that's good, right? Because this is just totally this is reality. This is how we do it. I don't even have this pants. is how we do it, don't you? <laughs> no. Oh, I'm just I gonna jump her and undies on. on. Guys, can you see what I can do? <laughs> yeah! Wow, that's Thank so you. impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you don't know what I was doing, you have to watch the YouTube. Video. Oh, user, <laughs> love it! You're so clever. Um, okay, well, it's been great. Next time we speak, I will be on the other side of the world. Have fun. That is really fun. I'm really excited. Me um, too. Okay, I love you. Travel safe. Love you. Bye, friends. Bye. <laughs>
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.